everyone, welcome back to episode 15 of Trail Talks. In this episode, we will be talking to Renee and Tim, better known as Tick and Talk on the trail. They have a very extensive outdoor resume, including hiking the PCT in 2017, moving to Germany and creating a German hiking trails database app called Wanderfreund, and most recently completing the CDT this year in 2021. If you are on the app TikTok, you may have seen them posting about their amazing CDT journey on there. In this episode, we talk about how to balance a thru-hike on top of being a social media presence, the differences between the PCT and CDT, and what the process to invent a hiking app is like. We hope you enjoy episode 15 of Trail Talks. It's Trail Talks time. It's Trail Talks time. It's Trail Talks time. Annyeonghaseyo! Hello. Guten Tag! Bonjour. 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 Hola. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, do we not know any other hellos? Um. That's all we got. I Not right now, no. Well, <laughs> we are at a totally different time right now. It is probably nine in the morning for you guys. And lazy people, you probably just woke up. And productive people, well, you're not here. You're at work. <laughs> it is very nice to see everyone today. Welcome back to episode 15 of Trail Talks. Today... We have very, very, very special people that we have been following for a long time, and we are very excited to pick their brains. Um, in this episode, we will be talking to Renee and Tim. You probably have seen them on TikTok. I haven't because I don't have a TikTok, but Molly has shown them to me, and they are awesome. Um, if you don't know, they have a long resume of outdoor adventure from through hiking the PCT to through hiking the CDT to living over in Germany and doing some hiking over there. They have just done everything. So, um, before we start, before we invite them on, go check us out over on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts because Trail Talks is there. And check it out. And it's almost up to date. I'm on like episode, I'm only like two episodes behind. So Thanks. check it out. Um, if you guys have any questions, or comments, feel free to drop them down in the chat. We'll try to answer a few. We're doing more of an interview style, so if we don't get to your question, sorry. Do you have anything else to say? No, let's bring them on. Let's do it. Do, do, do. Here comes the awkward pause. <laughs> Hi! Hello! Hello! How are you guys? Good, how about you? Doing good, just finished up work here over in Korea, so winding down for the night. Yeah. Where are you guys uh, calling from right now? Uh, we are in Germany, uh, Göttingen, Germany. Nice. <laughs> I have no idea where I that is. No, I know <laughs> it's not Germany, but that's awesome. It's in the middle. It's uh, kind of... In the middle. Yeah, in the middle. It's near Hanover, if you know where Hanover is. Yeah, okay, okay. You've been to Germany, right? I've only been to Munich. I've been on the east side. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. But, okay. <laughs> you want to just jump right into it? Yeah. So can you first off uh, just say your names, where you guys originally are from, and your trail names? Okay, great. Um, I am Renee. I'm originally from uh, Madison, Wisconsin. 
Cool. Oh, and my trail names. Um, on the PCT, I was Blue Man, and on the CDT, I was uh, Talk. Nice. Very cool. And I'm Tim, and I'm from Chicago originally. Uh, trail name, I was Tick on the CDT, and before that, on the PCT, I was Sausage. <laughs> Blue nice. Man and Sausage. I love nice. those. <laughs> wait, wait. So how did you get... We'll probably jump into it, but how did you get Blue Man and Sausage on the PCT? Um, so I got my Blue Man pretty late on the PCT, but I had already buzzed my hair off. So I just had, yeah, a buzzed head and um, was wearing my like bright blue base layer one day while hiking because my clothes had gotten wet the night before. So um, I guess I looked like the Blue Man group. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> And and I really like sausage, so I talked about it all the time. And I don't <laughs> nice. eat it. I, um, I don't eat meat, so so people thought that was funny that a, a non-meat eater would love sausage so much, and they gave me the name. Nice. <laughs> you moved to the right country for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really sad. When we first came to Germany, I I loved the meat and cheese here, and yeah, then I stopped eating it, and it's it still looks good. <laughs> I can tell. Why did you uh, make the choice and the switch to go to veganism? Oh, there's lots of good and bad reasons for, for that. So I, yeah. yeah, I think um, a big one is um, land usage. Um, just if, yeah, there's a lot of animals and if we don't have to feed animals and just eat it, then there's more land to go hiking. Yeah, yeah. true. I think that's the main awesome. reason for me too. Very cool. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we met in college at a football game. Yeah. No really fun story. It was, it was before Tinder, I guess. So maybe that's <laughs> fun. It wasn't on Tinder. Uh, but, but yeah, just, just a football game, mutual friend. Um, did you, were you guys into the outdoors like before meeting or was that something that you took up after you met? I was definitely into the outdoors uh, from, from when I was a kid. I was in Boy Scouts, and so I did a lot of backpacking and, and canoeing and that type of stuff with Boy Scouts. So. Nice. I think, I, yeah, I wasn't as much, but I was more into sports and stuff. But, yes, I think meeting Tim, you know, I got him to do some more sports, and he got me to do some more outside stuff. So it was great. Yeah, we like Very cool. We merged from... Sports, outdoors, how do you combine those? Through hiking. Nice. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> so, Renee, how, did you have any experience before hopping on your first trail? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. I mean, yeah, Tim and I would always go camping and back, small backpacking trips uh, when we first met before the PCT. Gotcha. And, and, and I mean, when I was a, a kid, I would occasionally go camping with my family. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so I just what? noticed that. Uh, thank you, Lindsay, for reminding me that we used to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what made you guys decide to just, I guess, quit life for six months and just do the PCT? We didn't quit life. Doing the PCT. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Can <laughs> life, right? <laughs> Um, well, I guess Tim's mom one year for Christmas gave me the book Wild. So that kind of was 
I read that and was like, whoa, this sounds pretty awesome. And then uh, we got a chance to move to California for work. So we did that and spent every weekend, you know, hiking PCT and little sections. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. So eventually I convinced him that let's go. <laughs> so I really thought it was something to do after retiring uh, and then yeah, and then I was convinced of otherwise. So it really was Renee saying, let's go hike the PCT. Let's go hike the PCT. And well, it sounds like a fun idea. So let's just do it. Yep. And we had um, an opportunity. Uh, yeah, we were switching jobs, moving to Germany. So it just, the timing worked well. And yeah, so we, we did it. Um, how many years between like the, the seed being planted to like actually hopping on the PCT? How long was that? Oh, that must have been a few years. Yeah. Several, five. Yeah. Probably. Wow. But it was it was like an abstract idea at the beginning. I think that's what it is for many people that like, oh, it's something to do someday. Um, mm -hmm. But once we decided to do it, it was just a year. So like fall 2017, we said, let's, or maybe summer 2017, we started really being serious about it. And then we were out there the next May. Mm -hmm. Right. Gotcha. Nice. So how much research and planning went into it once you pulled the trigger and said, I'm doing it this year? How much work went into it in that regard? Um, a lot, I guess. Yeah, it was it was a fun thing to do. Yeah, planning for a trip is fun. So and we made all of our food and sent ourselves resupply boxes. So that was a big part of the planning. And at first we said, oh, we've been backpacking a million times. We have the gear we need. But then we started doing more research and realized, oh, our gear is really heavy and let's yeah. upgrade and get lighter weight stuff. And so I really thought it would be cheap. It was like, <laughs> well, we've got, <laughs> got backpacks, we've got sleeping bags. What more do you need? And then <laughs> we replaced every single item kind of in the build up to it. But, yeah. yeah, my friends are always like, oh, hiking, like that's such a cheap hobby. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, walking is a cheap hobby. It's just when you try to do it for a hundred some days straight. Like, yeah, so. That's true. I remember we walked into the REI and we bought our big three, and it was it was definitely over like a thousand dollars. And I was just like, oh my god, I need to still buy everything else. <laughs> it's like you got money left for the actual hike. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, how was planning? Since you guys were vegan, how was planning food? Did did you have to like look up a lot for, I, I saw that you were dehydrating. Um, mm -hmm. How much planning went into your meal preps on the PCT? A lot. Um, we had done two weeks in the Sierras before the PCT and that was like our first taste of, of dehydrating Food. And so we, we liked it and we knew we wanted to do it. Um, we found this great resource. It's called the Backpacking Chef or Backpacking Chef. Mm -hmm. Backpackingchef.com, I think. Yeah. Just awesome, uh, awesome recipes there. And so we used that as a guide the first time we hiked. And then the next time we started making some of our own recipes to go with it. So on the PCT, we had a combination of his recipes and our recipes. And yeah, I guess... To answer the question, it was it was a lot of thinking and spreadsheets and buying groceries. <laughs> yeah, it was really really it was a dehydrating process for two 
or yeah, we took about two months to dehydrate, but the problem was always like having enough food to put in the dehydrator because you're cooking for, we, were, we made our dinners for four and a half months. So if you think about, yeah, dehydrating enough food, we were always going to the grocery store thinking, oh my gosh, this is so much food that we just bought. And then it would be dehydrated in a day. And okay, let's go get more. Yeah. Yeah, dehydrating, I did a little bit for the AT. I dehydrated, like I tried making fruit leather and like banana chips and things. And I, that took a really long time, just the time it takes to actually dehydrate it. So with a full on meal, like how much time was going into that just to do like one batch of like meals? You set the timer, like how long does it take? Well, it's like eight to 24 hours to dehydrate a thing. So you don't do a meal at a time, you do a dehydrator at a time. Mm. Um, so like when we were doing, a lot of our recipes have, have pasta, uh, tomato sauce, and we can fit in our new dehydrator that we got for the CDT when we had less time to do it, like 16 cans of tomato sauce in the dehydrator at once. So wow. maybe like 16 meals right there. Um, but you know, then there's other pieces of it. So really hard to say. That's why we had these spreadsheets that were like, we need this much of whatever to dehydrate enough tomato sauce to use in 47 meals or, you know, maybe that's a little exact. It wasn't that exact, but there was really like this science of keeping it running to build up the raw ingredients dehydrated to then assemble into meal. So were you guys sending boxes to every single town that you were going into or were they like kind of spread out on the pct we sent one to every single town yeah, mm. Did, yeah were you oh i'm sorry no I, on the pct we tried to send a and we, we're talking pct here which was 2018 just a reminder for all the watchers um that was uh we sent food for every meal, every snack, every everything when we did the PCT. That was our plan, at least. And that was, it turned out to be a challenge to kind of, how do you know four months ahead of time what you want to eat four months later? Yeah, that was going to be my question. So we modified that strategy for the CDT. We didn't do it that way. Um, and even on the PCT, by the end, you get, you get really hungry. So we would buy a lot more food every time we hit a town than what we had actually sent ourselves. How did you modify it on the CDT? Um, we only made dinners for ourselves. So we just sent dinners every, every time. So someone asked, and I'm curious, what was your uh, main protein source? Um, I think beans. Yeah, we did a lot of um, many, many, many cans of beans. <laughs> so different types of beans. Yeah, um, like we're, we're advocates of like variety is good. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so just kidney beans, black beans, garbanzo beans, you name it, beans. Uh, <laughs> we also did tofu. Um, and uh, seeds and nuts, definitely. And seeds and nuts were always easy to get in town as well. So. And, nice and peanut butter. Uh, some of our recipes, we use powdered peanut butter, which is low on fat, but which I wish it was high on fat, but it's not. But it's still high on protein. So, um, so lightweight, high protein, yeah. And it's good. Is there any food you just won't touch now, now that you've done two through hex? Um, yeah, couscous. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> oh, okay. okay. Interesting. We did a lot of 
cold-soaked couscous for lunch on the PCT, and I just, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I still can. I think it's sad. I don't get to eat couscous anymore. <laughs> <laughs> any, any food for you, Tim? Nah, I eat everything. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good. Nice. Um, what was your strategy for through hiking as a couple? Um, did you guys like share any gear and, um, did you guys hike together or did you hike separately? T.O. Will Math for Shows just joined. Hey. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we, we shared a lot of gear, um, on the, on the PCT, we even shared a phone. We had one phone between us, which... <laughs> Not recommended because <laughs> our phones have our had our maps, so um, that meant we had to hike together usually <laughs> if we wanted to have a map, both of us. But we also shared a tent and a cook set. Um, That's something else we modified strategy-wise on yeah. the CDT. We carried two phones on the CDT. Um, mm. On the CDT, though, we realized we only needed one spork, so we we shared a spork. Um, <laughs> That was a little strange, and TikTok gave us a hard time about that, but it worked. <laughs> hey, you gotta cut weight wherever you can. That's right? true. <laughs> what else do we share? Uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever minimum. You know, we had to carry one fuel canister, for instance, not yeah. two. Um, yeah. yeah. All the food we shared the food too. We didn't carry separate food for each of us. We yeah bought it all together. And, shared it yeah i think so I, I, like would oh sorry go ahead no you first i was just gonna say like who so who carried what like who carried the food who carried the tent like mm -hmm. or would you switch like tim was always in charge of the cooks the cook set the pot and stuff because he's kind of like the head chef um <laughs> so he was always in charge of that and um i carried the tent or the tarp for the tent and then we would kind of split the food between us so that Tim's pack was a little heavier than mine. Nice. Nice. And did, wait, and did you guys hike separately or together? Together? We hiked together. I think that we're kind of unique or relatively unique for through hiking people that we mostly, like 98% of the time, are within conversational distance of each other. Mm. Um, the other 2% of the time, we're mad at each other. <laughs> understandable <laughs> yeah just yeah if you're in a fight just hike separately for a couple hours and then it's solved <laughs> um, but that that helped with sharing gear because like you know we, we've never carried more than one set of bathroom equipment and if, oh, if, yeah. if we weren't hiking together you know there's times when you're hiking that you gotta go uh, but almost always that wasn't an issue for us because mm -hmm. we were together so renee always carries the shovel true yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. So what was uh, your start date for the PCT? Uh, May 3rd. 2018. Is that, is that late? Yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of people start in April. Yeah. So. But there's a lot of people who start later. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're so late that, that you know, there's people who start in June. Um, but I, it was I would on, say the, later on the later end. Yeah. Was it a high snow year? No, it was not. So we really, yeah, did not. And do, starting a little bit later, we had no problems with snow at all. So. Gotcha. Did We're, you have any problems with the heat when you started? No, not, I mean, it was hot, but... Yeah, what do problems mean? It was, yeah. There were times that it was uncomfortably hot. 
but but it was the desert so yeah. like that was expected it was never mm -hmm. so bad that we had to do yeah. anything yeah hmm. yeah it was a good year the the snow there was snow but it wasn't terrible snow the heat wasn't terrible 2018 was a nice year to do yeah it. there weren't too many fires or anything yeah it was pretty pretty good was there a lot of people on trail when you started Yes, definitely. So PCT. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> they, they issue 50 permits a day um, to start, and at least they did then. I think they still do. Uh, mm -hmm. And they, they were all sold out, um, or sold out, given out. And then there was a guy taking notes of how many people were actually starting. He was at the starting point taking notes, and I think it was between 30 and 40 uh, per day, starting around May 3rd when we started, so. There were a lot of people. That was they were getting CDT. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready for permits. We're doing it in 2022, mm -hmm. and so the oh, permits awesome. start in November or something. But since we're in Korea, it's like going to be three in the three morning in the when morning. we do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to set our alarms. Yeah. <laughs> we helped Renee's sister and her husband get permits to do it this year. It's kind of sad. It's this weird first come first serve system. And uh, yeah, so it was just like every computer that they had and every computer we had, all of them open, all of them trying to log in. You feel kind of like you're cheating, except everybody else is doing it that way. So, yep. <laughs> I hear the queue can get up to like 10,000 people. Yeah. And you're just I like, think what's it's like 15,000. <laughs> oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was the number of. Computers. Computers. <laughs> so like, I, I think between us and Renee's sister and her husband, it was like 14 devices to get two permits. So. <laughs> I love it. So um, did you, when you guys started out, did you hike with anyone else? Did you guys have a tramily on the PCT? Not really. Um, uh, not exactly. And maybe in, in NorCal, we had, um, we hiked with uh, Dirty Money um, through NorCal, but that was probably the closest thing to a tramley we had, I would say. Yeah, lots of friends, people that we would bump into and look forward to seeing all the time. I mean, we're kind of a tramley, the two of us. Uh, <laughs> but I think that really has made it so we don't need not need, but we aren't as inclined to stick with the group because we are already a group. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, lots of good trail friends. Mm -hmm. What's a word for trail friends? I'm trying to trend. Uh, <laughs> like a trailing acronym, but, friend. but anyway, uh, but not really having a, a firm family ever. Gotcha. Were there any sections that you were looking forward to when you first started? Um, I know that you did a section of the Sierras, but any anything else? Um, I think, yeah, we were looking forward to doing that section, definitely seeing it, um, seeing it at a different time of year. Um, and probably just like the desert, maybe, because it was, I don't know, everyone yeah, you're nervous for it, sort of, because it's the start, and everyone says, oh, the desert is so hard and hot, and there's no water. So I think it was kind of really focused on, we got to make it through the desert, and then, oh, the Sierras are big and scary because there's going to be snow. So really didn't think much beyond those two, which are both right in the beginning. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Was there anything like now looking back on it that was your favorite on the PCT? I think I loved every everything, every section, yeah. <laughs> everything about it. <laughs> it's a really good trail. Yeah. Uh, fun community out there. It's just good. Mm -hmm. I sometimes think Northern California was my favorite, um, but that was more like just the the state of mind in Northern California that I had, which we're halfway through the trail. Like we, we knew what we were doing at that point. It was our first through hike on the PCT. So like it takes a thousand miles before you feel like you know what you're doing. And then still over a thousand miles to go. So just like, it had been going forever. It was never going to end. It was just perfect. Nice. Did you, um, did you have to skip for any wildfires in that area? Um, not in Northern California, no. No. We had some, we didn't have fires until Washington, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, no, yeah. Oregon, Northern Oregon. Maybe not, yeah. But, but there were some. We, we did something on the PCT that I still regret, which is when we set out to do the trail, it was our first through hike, and we didn't know what a continuous footpath was. So like early on in the desert, there was this closure for the King fire that had been closed for five years and there was a detour around it. And we, we really wanted to hike every open mile of the trail. And then this detour took us down to a paved highway and we thought, oh, well on the highway, we'll just hitchhike 10 miles to get around that paved highway. Um, and we did that and it was fine. But then we learned what continuous footpath was, which is like when you, don't miss any steps. And from then on, basically, we did continuous footpath, including all of these detours and every open mile. And just three years later, I still regret missing those 10 or 15 miles in Southern yeah. California. And so on the CDT, we've made sure to do every mile and every detour. And it was a fun way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Can I think? Um... Oh, yeah. So, Renee, you mentioned that you shaved your head partway through the trail. What inspired you to do that? Um, I think I was just really lazy um, and I hadn't been like brushing my hair or anything like that and just kind of felt like I don't want to deal with this anymore. So mm -hmm. just um, we had some friends in Sacramento, California and went to their house uh, for uh, took one zero there and yeah, they shaved my hair off and it was great. <laughs> nice. Was it the right decision? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> must have felt a lot lighter. I know. I'm trying <laughs> to imagine, like, it must feel so nice. Yes, I did. <laughs> really? Maybe a little. Yeah, okay. I don't know. We'll nice. see. Nice, <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, when did, uh, well, when did the honeymoon phase of the hike end for you guys? Or did it? Or did it? I, I think it really maybe didn't ever end. Maybe the last two weeks in Washington were quite rainy for us. So maybe those last two weeks. Yeah. They were still fun, but they were the challenge. Like, <laughs> yeah, we mm -hmm. had to really plan our day to not get cold and wet. Yeah. So I assume that if you had a honeymoon phase through most of it, that you caught the bug or through hiking pretty early on? Like you were, was it mm, hiking the PCT? Was it something you were already thinking about through hiking something else? Or was it just like a one and done trail? 
while you were doing it? Yeah, I guess we were just so focused on the trail. We weren't really thinking about life outside of the PCT. Mm. <laughs> Which is what's so nice about it. It's so free. You're just focused on what you're doing. You're focused on eating and sleeping and walking and that's it. Water. Water. Yeah, drinking. Uh, beer when you can get it. That's not bad. <laughs> um, but the, I, when we finished, we did know, like, we got to do the CDT next. So that part of, yeah, by, by the time that it was wrapping up, it was pretty clear to both of us, I think, that yeah. the CDT was coming in the future. We just didn't know when. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, you want to, let's jump to Germany, I think. Yeah. So you said before you guys were in between jobs, so Germany was already on the horizon when you started the PCT. I'm just curious, like, what inspired you guys to go to Germany? What kind of jobs were you doing? So, yeah, it was work that pulled us here. Um, I'm a professor of plant genetics, and I had a job opportunity over here that seemed really nice, and Renee applied she yeah, yep. I got a, a job. I'm an engineer, so it, I was, the university helped me find a job too. So yeah, said why not? Let's give it a try. Nice, awesome. So, Had you guys been to Germany before moving? Yeah, we. Gosh, in 2014, I spent three months here, and you spent a month here, and came back off into the same town. We're in Göttingen, Germany, which is in the middle, um, and it's a university town that we've. Yeah, even before we moved here, we came here often for work and friends and stuff. Yeah, you came for during your PhD for three months, I think. How was your German before moving? It's not so good. It's still not so good. It's <laughs> hard language. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I understand. We're both music majors, and so we had to study a bunch of different languages, and German was definitely a hard one to sing. <laughs> Fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for any German speakers listening, ich kann jeden Tag mehr Deutsch sprechen. So that means every day I can speak a little more. <laughs> nice. <Awesome. laughs> I wish I could say that for my Korean. But yeah, no. What are the major differences between backpacking in the United States and backpacking in Germany? Um. I think the biggest difference is there's more people in more towns in Germany. So when you're doing a, a long hike, you're going through a town every day, um, maybe multiple towns every day. I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, and then culturally there's, a, you know, you, you hike from, or a lot of people on the trails in Germany hike from hotel to hotel instead of from campsite to campsite. Um, and there's restaurants along the way and, and that. So I, I think the German hiking culture isn't well known in the, among our circle in the US, but it, it's maybe comparable to the UK hiking culture, which is well known where you, you hike from hostel to hostel and eat good food and visit small towns along the way. It's pretty nice. And Germans love to hike. So um, yeah, definitely. It's, there's a lot of people out there hiking. Yeah, you guys are in Korea, where uh, my sister-in-law is from Korea. She always says that uh, hiking is the national pastime of Korea. And it's kind of the same in Germany. Every, like on Sunday, everybody and their grandmother is out hiking, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, 
It's awesome. Yeah, we live in Seoul right now, and sometimes we want to just like escape to the mountains, and it's really it's hard escaping. to because there's thousands <laughs> of Koreans just in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool and beautiful to see them. See so many people enjoying it, though. Yeah, yeah. Are are Germans social on trail? Like, will they come up and talk to you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's these expressions across the U.S. There's in the Midwest, everybody says hi, and then Midwesterners move to Seattle and they talk about the Seattle freeze. Yeah, mm -hmm. nobody wants to say hi. Um, Germany's maybe like that. There's a little bit less of big smiles and greetings to the people that you see on the trail, but everybody's still friendly. They're just not culturally saying hi to everyone they pass. Gotcha. Cool. Under that. Yeah. Um, so from what we've seen, you guys have done like a lot of different German trails and there's, it seems like there's tons of like shorter long distance trails that you can do there. So could you just talk about some of your favorites? How long are they in the trail culture and why it would interest a foreigner to come and do it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of um, trails that are, you know, 100 to 200 miles long, named named trails and signed um, trails. And oh man, um, what was the rest of the question? Well, do you guys have a favorite one that you would recommend to someone coming over? I think we recommend. I'd recommend. There's one called the Rennsteig, which what does that mean? Like the running road, um, and it. It's in the middle, it's in, I can't pronounce it well. This word is so hard to pronounce. <laughs> Germans never understand me when I say it, but the Turingen, uh, uh, Turingerwald, I don't know. <laughs> but, in, in Eastern Germany, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the middle of Eastern Germany. But. In like some low mountains, very forested area, and it has a very strong tradition, so it's like, People hike from one side, it, it goes from a river, you collect a rock out of the first river, you hike, what is it, 100 miles, about a little more, yeah. no, about 100 miles. Yeah, 170 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. so 100 miles-ish. Yes. And then you drop off your rock in the other river. There's a song, I wish I could sing it, but I don't remember it. It's all about <laughs> hiking the, the wrench dike, so. Yeah. And there's like little um, huts on this trail every two kilometers, so, and there are people sleeping in the huts. Um, more so than on other trails. So that's a fun trail. That's really cool. Cool. Um, but we've done like eight of these trails of about, you know, a hundred-ish miles all across Germany. And uh, yeah, they're fun. Highly recommended. <laughs> are the mountains, like, what are the trails like? Are they like super steep mountains? Are they well graded? Like, what is the hiking like there? Um, rolling forested mountains. I think in southern Germany, there might be some more severe mountains, but we haven't done any hiking way in the south. Sort of. There are <laughs> mostly on um, Switzerland or on the border with Switzerland, I would say. Yeah, if anybody wants mountains, they should go to Switzerland or Austria or Italy or France. France. Not, not Germany. <laughs> Forested, rolling hills. Um, mm -hmm. But that That's reminds me of a different question you had. You said, what's our favorite? My favorite is there's a trail called the Harzer Hexenstieg, which is 
near where we live, and that means the Hearts Witches Trail. And it's like a witch-themed trail across this mountain range called the Hearts Mountain Range, which is the highest mountain range in northern Germany. It's kind of the only one in northern yeah, Germany. Yeah, northern Germany is pretty flat, so yeah. Uh, but it, it feels like our local trail, and it's, <laughs> it's nice. It's really pretty, and yeah. And yes, rumor has it was they used to, um, I don't know, do something to witches on the top of this mountain. I don't remember exactly. Um, how, witches, yeah. <laughs> how's the fall foliage coming in right now? Is it nice there? Oh, it's a little past peak. Yeah, okay. but it has been very nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we got back uh, here on October 1st, and it was really uh, yeah. peaking right then. It was beautiful. Orange and yellow. Very nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Still has not it started still here. Still has peaked here. <laughs> <laughs> <Late> <laughs> <fall> here. <laughs> really late. Yep. <laughs> Um, what are some of your favorite parts about hiking in Germany? I know you said that there's like restaurants that you can go to and you can have a beer. Um, what are what are just some of your favorite parts of it? Yeah, I think, yeah, you can have a beer at least every day, definitely. Nice. <laughs> Get coffee and cake. That is uh, always nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cultural experience too. That's something I like that. In the U.S., I'm used to looking to get away from any sort of of, uh, of people. Like, you go out hiking often to be somewhere more removed from human impact. And here, you can't have that attitude because everything has heavy human impact. Even the forests, they're, they're being grown for a purpose uh, to harvest the lumber. But that that's okay. That means it's a more cultural experience, and I like that. Yeah, yep. I mean, we've gone all over the country, so we can, yeah, get to know what is Southern Germany like versus Eastern Germany versus Northern Germany. So that's that's been a cool way to get to know the country. Nice. What would you say are like the biggest cultural differences, not only in the hiking community, but just compared Germany to America, where you guys have been? Um, do not drink your beer in Germany before you say um, prost to everyone and look them in the eye individually. So, yeah. Good to know. Oh. It's very like, rude. Very <laughs> rude. It's like I when you in the US, if you go out to eat, you're supposed to wait for everybody to have their food before, before you start your meal. But here, you're really supposed to prost, cheers, uh, before you drink or, you know. Um, and people are direct, like you, you don't have to be overly nice. You can be much more like your haircut doesn't look very good. And that wouldn't necessarily be taken as an insult. That might just be a statement of fact. Uh, so that's the difference. But it's mostly wow, that's similar. So, it's a European. That's so different than Korea. Wow. <laughs> <It's like so laughs> wow. This whole culture is about just like saving face and not saying the wrong thing. <laughs> Yep. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's very cool. I like yeah. that. Um, so tell us about um, Wanderfreund. Um, you founded it. Nice uh, Thank you. That's my German music degree. Music. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, when did you come up with the idea? Well, let's start up. Let's start with that. When did you come up with the idea for the app? Um, yeah, so we after the PCT, we got here and a friend invited us to go on a hike. And we said, where's the hiking app? We need an app for hiking and trail. And 
there wasn't one, so we kind of made our own maps for that trail. Yeah, we were making like, um, just like downloading the GPX file and then downloading whatever water sources and other waypoints we could find and uploading them all into a Google map. And it worked surprisingly well, uh, just, just to have the data, it's so important. And so, yeah, so then we realized, well, if we like doing it this way, we can maybe make it. And we teamed up with a, a friend of ours who lives in Hanover, which is only half an hour by train, who also hiked the PCT in 2018. That's when we met and the three of us started the company and started making the app. So. That's cool. That's really cool. And did you have any prior experience with like programming or making apps in general? Um, none with making apps. Um, I, I do some programming for professional reasons, but not, uh, well, I guess now I, we own an app, so that's professional. But for my <laughs> other profession, my uh, academic profession, I, I, I code statistics type things, but nothing related to the app. So it was a learning experience for us. And the way, yeah. like the division of labor is, Renee and I are the, um, the developers, and then the, our partner, Parmesan, he is the designer. And it works well. He, he has some really good designs, and then I'll try to code something and get stuck, and Renee will code it, and we're usually coding side by side as we do it. So. And the target audience, I assume, is like German nationals? We ha it's in two languages, so it's intentionally in German that's critical, but also every it's fully operational in English. Um, and Otherwise, then, we couldn't use it very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people come here probably from outside of Germany to hike here, but it is available in German and English. <laughs> nice. So what was it like to not only like go hiking for your enjoyment, but also to be collecting all this data? It's a lot more work. Um, you hike more miles and... Yeah, the way we do it is we, we scrape off of the internet all of the potential data sources that we want to hit. And what? Potential, yeah. Scrape data for potential waypoints, water, oh, yeah, water or forest huts or stuff like that. Yeah. And then we make a, an app or a map with all of that data and we use it as we hike the trail and then we carry a GPS and we carry a camera and we carry a voice recorder and we go to all of those data sort data potential potential waypoints and and collect the data yeah. so yeah check to see if they're there check to see if other stuff is around so yeah it's a lot of uh, extra walking compared to just um, hiking and there can there can be some tough decision calls like if, if there's a water source a mile off the trail, that's pretty far. You don't really want to put that in the app. But if it's the only water source for 10 miles in either direction, which doesn't happen that often in Germany, but, um, but it does where you, like, you have to make a judgment call. Should we go far off trail to get this? Or have there been tons of on-trail options and no need? And it, it's a challenge. But it's yeah. fun. It gives us purpose while we're out there hiking. True. Has True. it like allowed you to discover things on trail or different trails that you wouldn't have necessarily gone out to go and do because of it? 
I think in general, it just gives us a good excuse to go hiking a lot. Mm. It's like, oh, let's go get this data for this other trail so we can get it in the app. So During COVID last summer, to some, 2020, um, there wasn't too much we could do far away, but this really gave us a lot of reason to make sure we were out hiking as often as possible, uh, collecting data and just enjoying our ourselves in the wilderness mm -hmm. forest. Mm -hmm. How long how how locked down were you guys in Germany during 2020? Um in the summer not too locked down. No. So we just had to wear a mask and it was pretty open. Yeah. In the winter it got pretty bad. Um they had some very severe rules about making sure that people weren't interacting with other people. Um mm -hmm. But summer, that really wasn't in place. People were good about wearing masks early on, and then it wasn't so bad until winter came. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, someone just asked, uh, did you guys use satellite photos for pinpointing the locations? Um, oh, in the app. In the app, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely. I mean, yeah, before the trail or to verify something, but... Um, after we collected the data, but mostly we would go to every single point and double check it ourselves and record the location um, with a GPS unit. Yeah, so everything that's in the app has been visited by us or somebody else who has worked for the app um, collecting data. But to guide where we go, yeah, satellite and street view, and, well, there is no street view, but all of those things. We use everything we can get our hands on, including satellite images. Nice. Cool. I'm gonna steer off in a different direction. Um, you have to explain your ultralight anthem. Yes. Because <laughs> we were dying for the longest time. Where was the inspiration for that? Is there is there a way to like play that right here? So I, uh, I could find it on my phone, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that video. <laughs> and that was in Germany, right? You filmed that? Uh-huh. Yeah. And maybe maybe going crazy during COVID <laughs> or something. I don't know. It was Tim's idea, not mine. But. I'm really proud of that music video. <laughs> I, I did all the singing and uh, came up with the lyrics. We, we jointly came up with the lyrics, but I'm the singer. And oh, it was, <laughs> that was fun. That was before anybody paid attention to our social media. So, uh, so there wasn't as much risk. I don't know if we put that out. <laughs> Okay, she found it. I found it. I can hold my camera up, my phone up to the camera. Yeah, I guess that's the best we got. Yeah. There you are. Work. Oh. <laughs> so you're going on a hike, but you don't know what to bring. Follow these tips to make your best sing. Going all to life. It might sound kind of hard, but listen to me and you'll hike really far. Do you want to bring a book? Because you like a good story. The extra weight isn't worth the worry. If you bring extra clothes, yeah, you'll always smell nice. But the weight of those clothes isn't worth the price. And for a first aid kit, don't bring that shit. You need to pay for men when you can get an ass. But one luxury item, isn't that okay? But leave it behind and have a better day. So my final advice to help you finish your rap is when in doubt, just leave it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh... Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
You know what? No, the inspiration for that was on the PCT. We were hiking one day and like making lyrics to a to a song and all about lightweight stuff. And then it took us three years before we made a song about it. But that that was the inspiration was just the concept, right? <laughs> Flushed it out. <laughs> Love it. Um, I have. Uh, I guess I have one more question about Germany. What's your favorite German beer? I'm like a beer head, and I just want to know what it is. Hefeweizen, so wheat beer. Uh, yeah. yeah, Germany has like really, it, they're good. And when we hike, we always get Hefeweizen. It's like, it's a thing with us and Parmesan, the other developer or the other owner of Von der Freund. And... It's very refreshing beer when hiking. Nice. And then my favorite um, Hefeweizen is Paul Honor, which you can get everywhere, including in Seoul. Um, yep. It tastes better here. I think they don't pasteurize it or something, but it's close enough globally. So that's nice. 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 Got to pick some up now. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I have to try that one. So what you guys moved to Germany for your jobs. How soon on the horizon was the CBT for you? Uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't soon on the horizon, but we just couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was planned, but we didn't know the date. Uh, so yeah, the bug, the, the oh my god, the bug bites really hard. For, and like I, I understand like when we're here, we're already like thinking PCT, PCT, like just waiting to get on the next trail. Wow, those yeah. words were very hard to get. There on. you go. Wow. Um, <laughs> what made you guys decide to do the CDT after the PCT instead of a, another long distance trail? I think it, it's similar length and similar climate, and basically we just had so much fun on the PCT. We wanted that same sort of experience again uh so that doesn't sound so exciting we did it to recreate this other hike but in a sense it was like it was that it was how can we be out there in the free west all over again yeah. was it exactly was it what you were expecting or was it way different there were differences yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah there weren't many people that hiked it so that was I guess we knew that, but I guess we just, it was a little bit unexpected compared to the PCT because that's such a part of the PCT or the people you meet, but we would go days without seeing other through hikers. So wow. weeks sometimes. Yeah. True. Yeah. Wow. Um, something else that was unexpected was I had always imagined the CDT was the most remote of the national scenic trails, but I think the PCT was overall more remote. Um, every part of the C or most parts of the CDT felt like they were used for something. Um, cattle were all over the place. There were Jeep roads all over the place. So it was isolated from people and far out there, but it didn't have that same feeling that the PCT has in the total wilderness of the Sierras where you go 200 miles without crossing a road. Like that never happened on the CDT. So how much time was there um, in between coming back from Germany and then starting the CDT? 
I think about a month. Yeah, one month. So what, where, where were you guys staying? Like, how did that work? Was that mainly to do all of your dehydrating again, or just to kind of get your bearings? Mostly just, yeah, the dehydrating. So we kind of split our time between our parents. <laughs> so gotcha. we got a really big dehydrator. Yeah. And yeah, jump from parent to parent. <laughs> so. um, how did your gear change between the PCT and the CDT? Any like big changes? Got lighter. Yeah. We had light gear on the PCT, but we really took the, I mean, I wouldn't call either of us like weight weenies or these crazy ultralight folks, but we have realized that when you're through hiking, you spend 12 hours a day hiking. Um, and so you have to enjoy it. And so having a light pack, makes it more fun because it's more pleasant like as you're living your day and so mm -hmm. yeah so that so we got as light as we could nice were there any luxury items that you carried i mean everything was a luxury item we were on the trail <laughs> that's true that's, that's true a, yeah that's a good way to look at it <laughs> yeah the luxury item was a happy back um, <laughs> but like I, I yeah i don't think so no Maybe like food becomes a luxury item at some point. I'd rather have an extra pound of peanut butter than uh, than not. Than not. <laughs> but yeah, like, we didn't carry books. We didn't carry Kindles. Um, no, oh, I had no two bandanas at one point. That was, <laughs> uh, Love that. Living the life. <laughs> Got rid of one, mailed it home. Nice. Well, how did you guys keep yourself entertained? Were you like listening to podcasts or did you just enjoy nature? Yeah, we really never um, have listened to podcasts or anything while hiking or music or anything. Mostly we just, yeah, talk to each other or walk. I mean, there's only so much you can talk about. So there's lots of silence too. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, something for the next hike that we've talked about that we want to do is is have even more time to soak up nature. It can be really um, really hard on a through hike to to step outside of. Got to get to the next town. Got to maximize my break time. But really, you're not out there to spend time in town, or we're not. We're out there to spend time on the trail, and so. There were some points on the CDT where we were able to, did manage to take time to notice like the changing wildlife and plants as the elevation changed. Like that's huge in the desert and you'll see it on the PCT too when you guys are there that low elevation versus high elevation in the desert, there's this gradient you walk through. And so that's quite entertaining when you have the chance to pay attention yeah. to it. And we made ourselves yeah. for New Mexico, we made ourselves, I forgot about this, but we made ourselves a little field guide, kind of just, some information we collected about different life zones in New Mexico and the plants and animals in each life zone. So that was really fun. And, cool. and that was like a Google, um, Google Drive document that we just would flip through when we found a tree, like, oh, what tree could this be? Well, what's our elevation? What's it look like? And that was fun. Cool. That's really cool. That is really cool. Um, how was starting in New Mexico? I feel like that's a pretty dry state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very dry. Yeah. Um yeah, there's not really like flowing water anywhere. <laughs> A lot of the water is pumped up for cattle and 
Um, the New Mexicans say that there's a lot of water underground. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, T.O., somebody just asked about Taco Bell and Butte. I'm going to come back to this. Okay. No, we didn't because it turns out Butte has a pizza ranch, which is like maybe the only thing that trumped Taco Bell. So we were going to go to Taco Bell and Butte, but then we went to Pizza Ranch instead, which I mean, Taco Bell's amazing. But Pizza Ranch was amazing, too. Uh, nice. Sorry. So. Oh, wait, what is a pizza ranch? I need to know. Oh, it's unlimited pizza. It's like a pizza buffet for like $11. So as a through hike or eight fifty, I mean, some really cheap yeah. buffet of pizza. It's, it's really good. Is that, and that's a chain along the entire central area? Like, was there different points on the trail when you could go to it? That was the only one we saw. Oh, okay. I've seen them in Minnesota, Iowa before. Minnesota, maybe? It's a chain. It's a chain. I don't think it's very widespread chain, but. I don't think it's a good idea to put it near a long distance trail. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it is a good thing. I don't know. It's great for the hikers, but you know, the face count on people not eating more than they spend. And I like, we can eat a lot when we're in town. <laughs> <laughs> but I interrupted. Um, I got so excited. We were, what were we saying? Uh, just the water. Like, was it? Was it long water carries and just how was it in that regard? Yeah, it, it, I mean, we, we were totally willing to drink out of the cow troughs and stuff. Other people would try to carry extra water if there was a nice water source, but we didn't really mind. We had our filters, so um, it was okay. But there was one time when we um, got we were counting on a spring and it had gone dry. Um, so that was a bit challenging and scary. Um, yeah, it was like, we walked 12 miles from the last road to the spring and then there was no water at the spring and the next water was 20 miles ahead and we had like a liter and a half between us and it was like, oh, can we go 20 miles or do we go backwards trying to find water um, and we went backwards and we ended up going off trail, looking for dirt roads, 11 miles backwards, found water, turned around, went forwards. Uh, and yeah, so it added 22 miles to the hike just to get water. And, and then we had a, how long is that carry? 30 miles, a 30 mile water carry. And, Jeez. Uh, and we only... We thought it was only going to be 20 miles maximum between water sources, so we didn't have like enough water bottles and stuff. So we just like tried to drink a ton when we were there, filled our pot with water, but still the whole 30 miles we were rationing water a lot. <laughs> so, but it was it was never dangerous. I no. think that's important. You hear these stories about the desert and it, there was water. It, it was just uncomfortable. But it was never like, oh my gosh, we might die. It was yeah. more of, yeah. oh, I'm thirsty. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it added like an extra day of hiking onto the trip um, or onto that stretch of between towns. And so we realized we didn't really have enough food to make it to the town we were planning on. But luckily there was another town like a couple days sooner. So we had to add another resupply stop as well. So kind of added two days to the whole <laughs> trip. Oh, so it was a nice town, Reserve New Mexico. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> um, 
I'm sorry, were you going to ask a question? Uh, it was just one that someone said, kind of like what you're talking about. Were there any times where you did almost run out of food? Or was it always there was some option of a town to go into? <sighs> as often as possible, we ran out of food immediately before town. We mm -hmm. make a goal of eating all of our food between towns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we really always tried to calculate, calculate it out pretty exactly. Um, like we need one granola bar each for every five miles or whatever, stuff like that. But um, I think in the Wind River Range um, in Wyoming, we maybe calculated a little bit too low and it was, it was a hard seven day stretch um, and we definitely did not have enough food, but there were no options to get more. So we just really rationed it and we're pretty much hungry the whole time and probably lost about five pounds in that seven days. Wow. <laughs> we survived. It was already like on the edge of how long we would be comfortable doing without food was the problem. So it was like seven days between towns is a long way to go. It's a lot of food to carry. So you don't want to mm -hmm. over carry when you have a long stretch. Yeah. And then it, then we were hungry. We have a heavy pack because of a seven-day food carry. You need more food to be happy because you're carrying more weight. But burning more calories. You're burning, right, burning, you're burning more weight. Right. <laughs> we made it. Um, it's like a vicious circle. When when did the hiker hunger hit you guys? I would say maybe after the desert. I don't know something about the desert and and in um in. Wyoming, there's also another desert, a high desert. Um, yeah, I, I just am not hungry as much in the heat and was not able to eat. But yeah, I think maybe Colorado started getting really hungry. Gotcha. I'd say for on both the PCT and the CDT, for me, the hyper hunger just gets worse and worse and worse mm -hmm. progressively. So um, like at the beginning of the PCT, maybe the CDT too, we weren't eating enough because I wasn't hungry. And I think the same for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the end, probably eating too much because I was so hungry, just like, I could eat anything. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to transition to off-trail life because, yeah. <laughs> yep, really yeah, tough. <laughs> Those three box of Oreos, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you still can, like there's still space in my stomach for it. <laughs> How to eat that much, but yeah, you have to exercise a little bit of self control. <laughs> um, someone asked this question before, and I'm curious um, Were you nervous about the wildlife on trail? Um, I know, like, there's a lot of fear mongering with grizzly bears. Did you encounter any? And were you nervous before starting it about them? Yeah, I would say we were not nervous um, about it. Yeah, we really. Yeah, didn't pay attention to the fear mongering, but it definitely there was a lot of fear mongering and um, a lot of solo hikers uh, joined up together with tramleys uh, when we got into grizzly country. But I don't think we were too nervous or anything. I, I'd add like we we followed the recommendations of what you do when you're camping in in bear infested areas. Bear infested. Areas. <laughs> no, <not> infested. Um, <laughs> when you're very with grizzly bears. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I felt safe by hanging our food and keeping the odors down and never cooking in the tent once we had grizzly bears around. That seemed fine, and bears didn't want to mess with us. 
we encountered three grizzlies at one point and they didn't want to mess with us. They got out of the way to let us walk by. So, um, but we, we know other hikers who were charged by them. So we, um, we carried bear spray just in case and yeah. Nice. Risk, every time you go outside, there's risk of, of getting hit by a car or, or anything. So it didn't feel any more dangerous than regular life. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw you guys switch to like bear proof bags. So uh, like you, so you, those you don't have to like PCT hang from a tree kind of thing. You can just tie it around a tree. How does that work? Yeah, they're supposedly bear proof or bear resistant. And you can see they have videos, the company that makes them of bears trying to get in and they just can't get, tr can't get through. I guess maybe it's like a bulletproof vest or something. Yeah. And then there's there's stories of bears getting through those things. So they're probably not 100% bear proof, but nothing is. Uh, so there's always some risk involved. But we felt pretty safe just tying those off to a tree at regular height. And if a bear wanted to chew on it, that was the worst it would do was chew on it. Um, yeah, so I guess theoretically all your food would be smashed up, but it'd still be there and the bear wouldn't, would learn that it can't get it. There were a couple of nights when we felt like we were in areas with even more bears than usual. And then we hung the, the bear bags like in a more traditional way. So the bear couldn't even chew on it if it tried, but that was not how we usually did it. Gotcha. gotcha. And that's how the, re the company recommends you use these things is just tie them at arm height. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, I, 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 would always, um, I would always be in charge of going to get the bear bag in the morning and then Chin would make the coffee and breakfast. Um, but um, when we, our friend, we found our friend Dirty Money and she said, why aren't you carrying bear spray with you to go get your bear bag? So that was, that's something I would recommend if um, you are getting your food from the tree, carry your bear spray with you. Because if there's a bear getting, eating your food, yeah, you should have protection. Yeah. Who is the first one up in the morning? Um, I guess in the beginning of the trail, it was Tim because he would make the coffee. Yeah, yeah. on the PCT, I always woke up really. So in 2018, I woke up early with no alarm, just like 520 every day. I could somehow have this internal alarm. But on the CDT, we were, we were hiking a lot and I was tired. And so we both relied on our alarms and yeah. I would just sleep all day if I hadn't set that thing. So that was, yeah. But, but yeah, I'd be on coffee duty. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. for the second half, I would go get the bear bag, give it to Tim, go back to sleep while he made the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes. But. Um, you said you had a honeymoon phase through the entire PCT. Did you have one through the entire CDT or did, did that end? I want to say yes. It was amazing the whole time but it was more challenging it felt um, like we were just closer to our limits um in terms yeah. of like this the first half of the trail we averaged 19 and a half miles a day which is similar a little more than we did on the pct the second half of the trail we averaged 26 miles per day uh, and those averages are including our town stops so i mean there's hikers who do a lot more than that but i think for for me that was, that felt like a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Did you notice um, it being easier the second time around to start bigger miles or to up your miles? Yeah, mentally, yeah, after doing the first through hike mentally, yeah, you know what it's like to hike big miles. And so you're like, I was able to do that right away. But um, we really tried to start slow and hold ourselves back to only 15 miles a day in the, for the first week, just to kind of build up slowly and not get injured. Yeah, people ask about do you train for long distance hikes at all? And like, yeah, we, we exercise and stuff, but there's not too much training you can do because you don't have the time to go out and hike 20 miles a day in normal life. Mm -hmm. So our approach on both trails has been that uh, the first week is the first part of training and the second week is the second part of training and we just build up slowly. And that could be hard because everybody flies past us by the beginning or in the beginning, but we see a lot of them later on. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, did you have any trail injuries? Um, I had in the, in the desert, I had really, really bad blisters. I don't know if you'd call it an injury exactly, but, um, yeah, my, pretty much I had a blister on every single toe on both sides of my heel on the bottom of my foot. So yeah, that was painful. And I think there are many of many days, you know, the last hour of the day of just be dragging and like take everything, not to just cry and sit down and sleep. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand yeah. that. <laughs> For yeah. me, I had a, um, a fissure in my foot, which is like a giant crack uh, in the ball of my foot in this part, if that was my foot right there. Mm -hmm. It was deep and it, it formed when we had just tons and tons of wet feet from being in Colorado and crossing rivers and it never went away. It's still there. Uh, it's getting better now, finally, um, a month after we finished the trail. And, uh, but it hurt. Um, and so the solution I would do when it was hurting the most is I just put a piece of tape over it, which would hold my foot together so it wouldn't spread. Uh, it never really held us back. I, I could always walk the miles, but they hurt. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, foot injuries are just foot pain is the worst thing. Stabilizing. Yeah, yeah, on a right. Yeah, I, I mean, I still can't feel the big toe on my right foot. That's, I mean, I can't feel it, so I guess that's not. not <laughs> <laughs> my, my, yeah, I, I lost feeling in my toes all the time when I got off the AT. Like it took, it took like two months for it to come back fully. So yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what was your biggest mileage in the day that you guys did? We did 33 a couple of times. Uh, so it's, that's a little different too, I think, than your typical CDT, PCT through hiker. Um, I can't speak for the AT because we haven't done it. I think our biggest miles are lower than most people's biggest miles. Um, yeah, it's not uncommon to run into people who are, you know, I hiked 45 miles today, and well, we've never done that. Mm -hmm. but, but we don't take very many zeros, like very few zeros. We only took two days off during the CDT, which is a low number. Uh, so, so that lets us like, be kind of, I call it slow and steady. I don't know if hiking an average of 23 miles a day is quite slow, but 
Yeah. Compared to, yeah, very steady. And that, that works for us. Yeah, no, I mean, I, we took a lot of zeros on the AT and I just felt like the farther we got up and closer to Maine, we were taking more zeros and it was- Throws your rhythm off. Yeah, yeah. It's really mm -hmm. nice to be in that rhythm of just like 18, 18, 18, 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and then you take a like a two, and then you take a zero, and then the next day you get out from the zero, like you just don't even want to hike. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you guys have any, or did you? What was your favorite sections of trail? Oh, um, Wyoming was Wyoming was really cool, just because, yeah, five hundred miles, and you go through like you enter in rolling green mountains and then you go into a desert section and then you go into the Wind River Range, which are these uh, pointy rocky peaks. And then you go into Yellowstone and there's like geysers shooting up water all over. So yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Any other? I think the whole thing, the, yeah. the desert's amazing always because yeah. yeah. it's like the whole trail is in front of you and, and it's so different than, um, like we grew up in the upper Midwest and we live in Germany and yeah. So it, the desert's just different than what we're used to. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like hiking in? So I guess you like more open views than like green tunnel. I like everything. Yeah. I'm happy to hike everywhere. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> we get a lot of green tunnel in Germany and yeah, yeah I love it. We've yeah. done a thousand miles almost in Germany. So. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, was there any like really boring sections of the CDT? No. 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 Nice. Yeah, I, I'm sure other people would say yes, but well, maybe not. Why would they be out there if they didn't like it? it yeah. was, the whole thing's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. I mean, there's a few sections on roads that, um, you know, they're still building the CDT. It's a newer trail than the AT and the PCT. So, um, but I mean, that's kind of fun too because it's a change of pace for a day. Mm -hmm. so. I always hear people talk about, is it the Great Basin that people don't like? Is that what it's called on the, the CDT? Big Divide Basin is called. It's in the middle of Wyoming. And it, it was, like everything else, one of my favorite sections. It was so amazing <laughs> because it's on dirt roads the whole time. Mm -hmm. But it was one of the most remote sections of the trail because nobody's on those dirt roads. I think like an oil tanker or a gas truck drives them once a year. So it, it was really cool. It was like mm -hmm. all of a sudden in a desert, in a high desert, and it felt like a desert, and that's coming after Colorado, uh, but before Montana. So it just was different and, mm -hmm. and yeah. interesting and flat and fast. That's where we did some of our bigger days. Uh, that's where everybody does big days because you can. Yeah. Although it's hot, yeah, it gets hot again, so. Mm -hmm. Did you guys, oh, oh no, no, you go. I was going to say with the heat, like, did you guys do any night hiking or did you change up, like, the pace of how you were hiking at all to beat the heat? No, not really. No. no. We tried to wake up early and get going early, but that usually didn't work out too well. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so if people get excited to do that through the basin where it's hot and flat and they're, they're going to either do huge miles to get it over with or um or hike at night or whatever and it, it's hard to break away from your pattern so there's a hiker who we were friends with who i won't say his name right now but we building up to the basin everybody was like oh how many miles are you going to do through the basin and so on and 
He said, I think I'm going to do 40 or more every day through the basin. And we said, wow, that's a lot. And he said, I can do it. It'll be fun. It's a challenge. And then we saw him after the basin and said, hey, how are your 40s? And he said, well, I did 30s. <laughs> and it was like he was he just felt so guilty for not breaking his pattern, even though he was in this different spot. And, um, and we were the same. We thought we'd do, uh, you know, uh, bigger miles than we actually did in the basin. It, yeah. It was, it was too fun to kill ourselves. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Don't set the expectations too high. Definitely. Um, I couldn't hear you for a second. My phone freaked out. Did you say something? No, I, I didn't ask any questions. I was just making a comment. Uh, can you tell us the story about the, um, the swarm of flying ants? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this was in uh, on the Montana-Idaho border, and... It was my mom's birthday and we did not have good cell service. So um, whenever we got to kind of a peak in the mountain, we noticed there's yeah cell service. Um, but, but then multiple times we were swarmed by flying ants um, at the top, just the very top when we had cell service. But so yeah, one of the times we had to make the phone call and we thought, okay, we can survive the ants because um, it was her birthday and we had to call her. But yeah, it was, it was horrible. So just at the top of the hill, talking to my mom, ants are just all over our hair and started getting- Yours, they were only swarming Yeah, only swarming me. <laughs> <laughs> just all over my hair, which was like, okay. I was like, okay, I can handle this, it's fine. But then they started getting under my shirt. And then Oof. when they were under my shirt, they would start biting me. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of gross, and I had to say, like, okay, mom, I gotta go, bye, and ran down the hill and, like, ripped my shirt off. And, yeah. <laughs> Love not, that. Oh not fun. <laughs> were, the, were the bugs bad on the CDT, or was that just a rare instant? They were, they were pretty good. They were pretty good, yeah. A couple of times we had bad mosquitoes, but it was, like, just for a day that we'd have mosquitoes and then they'd be gone again. We, we brought bug nets for our heads and barely used them. We ended up mailing them home and we, for a lot of it, we weren't even carrying. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure. You mentioned Yellowstone. I know it goes through the, the national parks but like are you going through like really populated areas of national park on the cdt when you enter them yes yes it, yeah. you enter i think in in both yellowstone and glacier and rocky mountain national park well yeah it goes through all three but mm -hmm. but at least for yellowstone and glacier you enter in the back country and then it goes through, in both cases, one of the most crowded parts of the park. So the trail goes along the Old Faithful Boardwalk in Yellowstone, mm -hmm. um, which is a very, very crowded area. Yep. <laughs> Thousands of people were there. <laughs> but it's awesome that so many people are out enjoying geysers. Like, that was really cool, but it was also a little bit of a culture shock to be in, in such a crowded place after being just in the middle of nowhere for so long. Mm -hmm. But Yellowstone was interesting because Yellowstone has a big backcountry. And I think we, in total, we spent three days walking across Yellowstone. And there's cool. geysers in the backcountry that I, like I've been to Yellowstone before, but on a CDT, there was a point when we were like 
three feet away from this geyser that went off every minute and the trail was like right there so that that's cool. cool yeah that's really cool yeah um how fast did the temperature start dropping in montana were you like rushing rushing to beat the cold yeah it kind of it felt like we were rushing to beat the cold but i don't um, yeah, I mean, we woke up a couple nights with frost on our tent, and mm. it was cold. Um, but I don't know if it also was uh, because of the PCT. We had two weeks of really bad rain at the end on the PCT, so I don't know if that made us nervous for no good reason. Um, but we, I think we finished 10 days sooner on the CDT than the PCT, um, just because we were nervous about getting cold and wet but Absolutely. but we did look back in the mountains the day after we finished we camped um with a view into the mountains and there was snow um the day after we finished so i guess it was good timing yeah <laughs> yep yeah. yeah. i wanted all to around go ahead yeah around butte montana the weather was doing this weird thing where it would be cold at low elevation and warmer at high elevation which is the opposite of usual, I think, but the, the cold air was settling down into the valleys. And so there's a little bit of control you can have over how cold you get. If like we were making sure when we noticed that we were making sure to camp as high as possible uh, where we'd avoid, it was probably 10 degrees warmer up high than it was down low. So down that, in those river valleys, yeah. Interesting. And at the end of the PCT, it was the exact opposite. We weren't in valleys, they were mountains. So we were trying to make sure to camp as low as we could instead of um, being up high where it was cold. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're gonna jump back to Yeah, I wanted to ask, how was it um, getting to take a zero with your family in the middle of trail? That was awesome. It was my, like all of my, I have four siblings and two of them have children and everybody came and yeah, so uh, some of them I saw in the list here. Uh, it was just really fun that we were able to do that. And after COVID, we had been in Germany for so long without seeing many of them. So it was really felt like a nice uh, reunion. And yeah. A great time. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And they came um, like a mile. They came out and did some car camping and like a mile from the trail. So it was, yeah, pretty awesome. That is awesome. Did they and comment on... Oh, I'm sorry. It was a great setting uh, to be in camping instead of in a town. So it, it just we felt very comfortable to still be near the trail and still be eating off of a camp stove. But also we had all of the conveniences of like a cooler full of food and people we love. It was great. Did anyone comment on you smelling like a hiker? Um, they, they, they said we smelled better than on the PCT. So they met us, Good. <laughs> they met us on the PCT as well. Um, most of them did on the PCT also, and we took a zero with them in Oregon. And there they were not happy with our smell. They, they, yeah, they were not happy. But they said this time we smelled much better. So I'm not sure what changed. Maybe they expected it. They got used to it. And when we visited them, you would think that a double zero is, is when we could have the most showers. But because we were camping, we actually cut a town that we would have gone to out of our town itinerary and camped without showering for two days. So 
when we saw my family, that was in the middle of a stretch that ended up being 23 days without a shower. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> long time. That's really long. Does it just like, do you just become like numb to the dirtiness after a certain amount? Or is it like, does it just progressively get worse? It gets worse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got to Steamboat Springs and we like needed a hotel. So something else about the CDT is on the PCT and I think on the AT, there's a lot of hiker, um, hiker helpers and trail angels. And there's lots of that on the CDT too, but there's just less resources uh, available for things like showers. So, so pretty much if we wanted a shower, we needed to spend a night in a hotel and we don't like, but like, I'd rather sleep in the tent than the hotel. So, yeah, so that was hard. And that was probably part of why we ended up going so long, because we kept feeling like we'll get to a town and they'll have a shower for purchase. But there were none. So, you know, we got to Steamboat and we were like, we're staying in a hotel no matter what. We need to clean ourselves. <laughs> um, this is now jumping to the end of the trail again. Um, what was reaching Canada for the second time like? Was it more emotional the first time on the PCT or on the CDT? Oh, that's a hard question. I don't know. I don't know. I think just the different. accomplishment of finishing the trail was more emotional on the PCT. Yeah. Um, like the whole trail, Renee would get mad on the PCT in 2018. The whole time, Renee would get mad at me if I was climbing on a rock or or something because she said you're going to get injured and I'm going to Canada with or without you. <laughs> <laughs> On the CDT we both knew we could make it so like actually getting there was not the... True yeah we had already hiked from Mexico to Canada and proven to ourselves that we could do that. Yeah but, mm -hmm. but it was still you know it's a very emotional experience to get to the terminus as you guys know from getting to Katahdin so. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. It was yeah, and we we on the CDT we finished with our friend Dirty Money, and that was really special. So she is uh, another through hiker. We met her on the PCT. She lives in northern Sweden. We go to her house every year for uh, for the New Year. Um, yeah, and so we were apart for most of the CDT, but we did finish together, and that was really cool. That's cool. That is awesome. So what would you say are the biggest differences between the CBT and the PCT, whether it be the trail or the trail towns or the culture within them? There's less people doing the CDT, that's for sure. Um, at this point in time, that might change someday. Um, yeah. I the weather was more challenging on the CDT. I think on the PCT, at least our experience in 2018, we, we did not get rained on a single day until the last two weeks of Washington. Mm. So, wow. um, but on the PC or on the CDT, it felt like we were rained on every single day or not, not exactly, but maybe more. A record of that. I, oh I no, they froze. More. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Okay, we're, okay you're, we're back. You're we're good. Back. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I wish we kept a record of how much rain we got because I agree that it was probably more than half the days it rained. And that was the biggest challenge on the trail was, was always dealing with rain. Mm -hmm. uh, was it hard, like, drying your clothes? 
or keeping it dry? No, because it was dry all, every day too. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah. 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 Of all the hiking we've done, these two weeks on the PCT in Washington were the hardest rain-wise because it just never got dry. Um, mm. On the CDT, even though we were cold and wet a lot, it, it usually had a, a couple hours of dry that, during the day and yeah in the west it's pretty dry so it's yeah not humid and easy to dry out your things in a couple you know in an hour in the sun during lunch and your stuff is dry so must nice. be nice yeah in <laughs> southern appalachia like we had i think six days of just straight rain and it was like during our really long stretch i remember getting to like uh, a shelter every single night and just like wringing out the socks <laughs> and throwing it over and it'd be more wet when you'd wake up from the humidity and you'd be like, yes, I'm putting these things on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess let's jump into the last section I want to talk yeah. about, which is social media. Like when did you guys decide to start TikTok and why did you do it? You want to go first? Sure. So I, I guess um, we made this, hiking app and originally we thought okay let's um you know advertise it on social media and let's try to advertise it on tiktok um but we thought we should practice personally first with our personal tiktok and um yeah so we started doing it in germany for about six months and no one cared and the germans didn't really want to hear americans talking about hiking i guess but um yeah, and then we came back to um, the U.S. and posted our first TikTok that we posted in the U.S. was about dehydrating rice, and I guess that was a, a weird thing, and people um, were very uh, intrigued, slash, isn't rice already dehydrated? And yeah, so our first video in the U.S. got like a million views, and so yeah, it turns out that people in the U.S., uh, appreciated our English more than the Germans or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we never really got around to having a TikTok for our Bonder Freund app. But... We do. It still has a TikTok with some <laughs> videos from like a year ago uh, about German hiking trails. Bonder Freund app TikTok. But, um, yeah, but it's been really fun to to see the growth there and and share I mean, on the one hand, our experience of hiking these trails, but also showing what the trails are and showing what the wilderness is. And um, it's just been cool that so many people have been engaged and excited about that. And that's yeah. been fun. And yeah. So if anybody like is watching us on Instagram and doesn't know about the TikTok, we've got like a million and 1.6 million people in following us on Instagram and watching Not or TikTok. on TikTok and watching these these hikes and adventures as we do them, which is just so exciting and, and yeah. really appreciate all of them yeah is that intimidating to like know that 1.6 million people are following your journey yeah a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the trail it was nice because we we didn't have internet so much of the time so we'd make a video and tiktok's fun it's a fun video making platform and uh we'd, we'd make it and then uh, post it and like that was that it was posted and it was and, yeah and then we have to go back out on the trail and 
not have service for another week. So, yeah. Right. So we didn't really know too much of what was going on with the video. Uh, and then, yeah. And now when we post things, like we have to watch a little more and there's a little more stress of like, oh, do people like this video or think it's dumb or yeah. Uh, so maybe we should just stop looking at the response. <laughs> it's always a smart yeah. move. <laughs> was it difficult to like continuously be thinking of ideas when you were out on trail or were there moments when like you didn't want to pick up the camera to do something or was it always like there for you and you had ideas? It was mostly pretty easy. Um, yeah, because we didn't really have anything else to do all day other than hike and so we could chat about what was interesting that's going on around us at this particular point in trail that other people might be interested in too so it wasn't it wasn't too bad yeah yeah one of the types of videos we put out a lot i call them like mini vlogs they were one minute chapters of the trail and so for those just like kind of filming our lives um in these little three second clips and then we'd stitch them all together and and that worked and then the other ones were like ideas but and we have a, a recent video about pooping and like yeah we had a lot of fun talking about how can we tell people how to poop in a hole in an interesting way maybe a funny way uh yeah so it was like a cool chat yeah and lots of people ask questions and so we could yeah uh answer yeah. those questions yeah like this question that somebody just asked, which is probably the question we've been asked the most ever, do we have phone service? Uh, how do we post with no service? Mostly we didn't have service, but we'd always have service when we came to towns. So. Or, or at the top of a mountain sometimes if there was mm -hmm. no, yeah. Tim got really good at knowing when we would get cell phone service. You know, he would say, okay, we're gonna get up to the top of that mountain and the, the town of Butte is, down there in that angle and we'll have cell service because there's no obstructions. So we got, yeah, good at reading when we would have cell service. Mm -hmm. Did it, did you edit your TikToks in the tent or did you do it when you got into town? At the beginning of the trail, we edited them during breakfast in the tent usually. Mm -hmm. um, but towards the end, the second half, we were walking too much uh, to have any time to edit. So. We actually edited while we were walking, um, which wow. that seems weird, right? But it really was like taking half an hour to edit a video was half an hour we just didn't have if we were gonna make it to Canada. Um, but pass the phone back and forth doing the voiceover and- um, Yeah, I would walk in front of Tim and say, like, okay, we got a clear path. Okay, watch out for that rock, watch out for that stick. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Um, what were the pros and cons of, of having a following on trail and, and posting on TikTok? I think it's, it's great um, that, yeah, great to have a following and because, yeah, we wanted to create content for people, but that also means we have uh, memories for ourselves that we have uh, recorded. So I think that's really cool. So it always felt like, yeah. I want this stuff for myself anyways. So yeah, why not share it with other people? Yeah, maybe one example of that on the PCT when we didn't have the social media following, one of our nightly chores was writing a paragraph of the day. We would alternate, one of us would write 
one paragraph on Tuesday and the other one on Wednesday and the other one on Thursday, just so we had this personal diary of the trail. And then we actually went back and put all of those on the internet. So they're on our website now, mm-hmm. but, um, but we just did it for ourselves because we wanted it. And so in the same sense. And we were really happy after the trail that we had it because when we were missing the trail, we would go back and read all those old um, paragraphs that we wrote about each day and yeah. Right. So we kind of did the same thing this time. Uh, we, yeah, we we did the same chore. It's just this time it was to share it with people, and last time it was just for ourselves. But we had the it wasn't that much more work than what we would have been doing anyway. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. Uh, someone asked, "How can you afford to take so much time off to have such an adventure?" Um, I think yeah, we just. Um, live uh, cheaply, live simply in normal life and save up and yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, I mean, we work real jobs too and um, yeah. Yeah, we don't have a car, Our, you know, we, we owned a house many years ago, but we sold it a long time ago to move and we've been renting modest places ever since and we don't go out to eat that much. So we. We just live a pretty modest life that lets us save money from our jobs. And we do have nice jobs. Um, and then, then we have more time to do other stuff. And we've been really lucky with both of our jobs. We've uh, arranged a situation where we can do these trips in the summer times and not get paid in the summer. Like it's not four and a half months of vacation. It's four and a half months of not working um, and then come back and, and work. So yeah. It's kind of a personal question we've avoided answering too much because it gets complicated, but I think it's, we've, we've been lucky to get in the situations that we're in with work. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I saw someone asked how much does it, did it cost to hike the CDT? Um, and I guess we haven't calculated it for the CDT, but when we did the PCT in 2018, I think the total cost for um, each of us, including gear. For and- both of us. Yeah, it was 5000 each or 10000 together for both of us, I think is what we kind of um, spent for that four and a half months that we hiked the PCT, including gear, yeah. food, lodging, transportation. And during that time, we didn't have rent. Um, yeah. Our food was that food, so it was probably cheaper than normal life would have been during that same amount of time. Um, but of course, we so we had yeah. to say. But yeah, I mean, we um, ended our lease and put every, all of our stuff in Tim's mom's basement. She was very nice and <laughs> let us do that. Um, and yeah, so we really only had a cell phone bill and health insurance bill during that time. Yeah, and on the CDT, we, we have our stuff in storage. It's still in storage, but um, yeah, so yeah. that's cheap compared to rent. Yeah. Yeah. Just have one more question going back to social media. Um, as you started getting a bigger following, did you feel um, like any pressure to curate your content in a specific way? Or were you generally, generally staying very like true to your brand? Um, I think we're staying pretty true to ourselves 
just mostly because we didn't exactly have a ton of time to look through all the comments and analyze our videos or anything like that, pretty much. I think also we, we did six months of, of TikToking before anybody cared. And, um, and then they started caring based on, on what we were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. like we switched to the US and that's what made people care was that our audience changed a little bit. So it, it felt like they liked what, what we liked making all along. We didn't really change our content. The audience changed and that brought people in. So we shouldn't change it now just because there's more of them because they want to see what, what we're making already. Yeah, I think we probably got more comfortable um, just speaking to the camera and stuff as time went on. Like looking back at some of our first, first videos, it's a little painful because you can tell we're just a little nervous or slow or tripping on our words, but. Our, our first video that got a million views, it's so awkward. I'm standing there talking about rice and I say, hey, Renee, a lot of people on TikTok are wondering why we're dehydrating rice. And oh, it's painful to watch, but you know, probably the stuff we make now, if we look back in a year, it'll look bad too. Yeah. 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 So do you guys uh, plan to still create content there in Germany? Yeah, yep, definitely. Yeah, we plan to, yep. We do, uh, you know, we spend as much time outside as we can and we know a lot about backpacking. So we're, you know, we'll see if people keep caring about it. But uh, yeah, we've got lots of plans to keep putting stuff out. Mm -hmm. We have fun making it. So as long as people are watching it, we'll give it a try. Yep. <laughs> Gonna have to bring back an ultralight part two music video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know you guys were hinting in one of your last TikToks that you guys have like plans for the next trail. Um, is that, I mean, uh, no spoilers, but like, is that something that you're doing for next season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll be um, in Germany working through the end of March and then we'll, then we have to, yeah, another adventure coming and we have lots of ideas, but we haven't settled on anything. Gotcha. Is your plan at to at some point complete the Triple Crown? Probably, yeah. I think probably, yeah. I phrase it differently. I'd say no. Um, not that I don't want to hike the AT someday. Like probably someday the AT. But I, for me at least, I'm not setting out to complete the Triple Crown as mm -hmm. as that goal. Um, because there's a lot of trails. Those are three amazing trails, and we'll do the AT when, when we're ready, uh, which could be next year. Like, we haven't decided, but but not not to get that title of Triple Crown. Yeah, I got of course. You. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any advice to future CDT or PCT through hikers? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess my advice would be, um, oh, gosh. Uh, start slow. Yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> don't, yeah, start slow and easy so you don't get injured. And that's really hard with the, you know, some people at the start of any trail are coming fresh off another trail. And so when you're saying I'm going to stick to 15s and they're saying, well, I'm hiking 27s, uh, you just feel like you're underachieving. But that's crazy because after a month, everybody's hiking the same or capable of hiking the same miles. So that Starting slow can be hard socially, but it's worked for us. Nice. Uh, 
And then the other thing, just like there's a phrase, it's a cliche, hike your own hike, but it's really true. I, I think there's a lot of, you guys mentioned earlier, there's fear mongering on trails and there's rumors that grow and grow and grow on trail, like what's up ahead. And uh, yeah, so I, I think just kind of trying to stick to our own plan has always worked for us and, you know, take, take stock of what people are saying, but not like, don't let it, we don't let it drive our decisions too much. Mm -hmm. While we're on trail, I, we avoid the Facebook groups. I, I think I highly recommend avoiding <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> um, is there, uh, what would you tell um, Tick and Talk who are still on trail not to take for granted or just advice for them? Yeah, um, just uh, enjoy the views a little bit more. I think, mm. yeah, in the beginning, it's always just like, wow, it's just so beautiful and amazing. But when every day is so beautiful and amazing, you kind of forget how beautiful and amazing the landscape you are in is. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Stay in my hotels. Uh, <laughs> on the on the PCT, we stayed in zero hotels. On the CDT, because of the shower situation, was it five or six nights in a hotel? Mm -hmm. And I, I never sleep as well in a hotel. It's just I don't like them. So yeah, I tell my previous self to stay true to himself and avoid those stupid hotels. <laughs> Who needs a shower? Who right? needs it? Who needs it? Well, you need a shower is the thing, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's the challenge. That's why we stayed in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. let's find someone else at the hotel room and beg them for a shower. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to throw out into the through hiking world or to your community? <sighs> no, I can't think of anything. Cool. All right. All right. Well, it's turning midnight here, so I think okay. we're going <laughs> to eat some food and then get ready for the next day. But it's it's been amazing to talk yeah, to you guys. It's been such a pleasure. Like we had such a blast following you guys on your through hike, mm -hmm. and um, just thank you for taking the time to thank you. Um, like letting us interview yeah. you. Thank time. you very much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the conversations of episode 15. We were starstruck to talk to these two trail celebrities and learn so much about the other long distance trails in and outside the US. If you want to join in on future live chats, you can head over to our Instagram, which is at Let's Trek Together. We go live once a week, usually on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are a through hiker and want to be a guest on a future episode, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or by email, which is letstrektogether at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, let's, let's trek, trek together. together.